All right, here we go. Episode 69 of Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, we have had an absence of good college football talk here the past few days, and we apologize for that. So Dom Taylor is back with us today, and uh, we have to wait until Sam joins our uh, little chat right now. So Dom, it's just going to be you and me for a little bit. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. How you been? I've been great, man. I'm uh, I'm finally back in California. Um, the semester uh, in, in person, um, they're they're still doing finals and kind of last uh, the last few classes online. But they decided to let everybody go home for Thanksgiving and just um, cut cut the semester right there, just for COVID concerns. So nobody brought the virus back with them uh, flying back to campus. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's good to be home, and I'm happy to be home for the holidays and, and kind of, you know, free food and getting to enjoy college football uh, in the comfort of my own home. Absolutely. Do you guys have any, like, special, like, Thanksgiving traditions that you always do? I know some people celebrate Thanksgiving more extravagantly than others. Yeah, you know, ordinarily, um, it, it's kind of changed for us over the years. We really don't have, like, a, a very consistent tradition when it comes to Thanksgiving, but um for several years we'd go over to our my aunt and uncle's house across roseville um but then the last few years we've been over at our neighbor's house across the street and make a lot of good food and then this year um just just because of you know different concerns with with different people we've just decided to kind of do a um a family thanksgiving just uh just me and my me and my brother and my my parents so um, it'll be small but at the same time you know it's it's what it's all about it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a bunch of people just you know thankful for the ones that um, you care about, right? No, exactly, exactly. I agree, Sam. We're talking about uh, now that you're with us. We you're talking about um, Thanksgiving traditions. Do you have any Thanksgiving traditions that you celebrate each year? Um, eat a lot more than I'm supposed to, and immediately regret it after. Isn't that one of the oh, big that's, ones? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's given, man. That's you know everybody does that. That's yeah. We're supposed to do. I uh, my family like. I'm spending Thanksgiving this year with Bree's family. They spend Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving is a huge holiday for them. And Thanksgiving has never really been a gigantic holiday in my family. Um, we still celebrate it, but we don't, like, go all out for it. Um, like last year, we had a bunch of just random food for Thanksgiving. Somebody made sure. I do personally like to have turkey on Thanksgiving, but not a lot of people in my family like turkey. So it's... Uh, it's kind. Of, it's kind of hard for me to find uh, cooked turkey at my house on on Thanksgiving because not not a ton of people like love it, and I really do love it. It's too dry. Um, it can if thing. you cook it. If you cook it wrong, yeah, it's it's very easy to to overcook and and make dry. Do you guys have a so the the age old question is what's the best Thanksgiving side dish? I mean, personally. I don't know if this is a hot take, but like I think it's the stuffing. Like that's always been what I've gravitated towards. I, right. That that to me it was kind of the make or break. Even though I know like the turkey is like the the staple of the meal. Um, if the stuffing is bad, you know we really don't have a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> hey mom, mom, just get back in the kitchen. The stuffing <laughs> is <laughs> fix it. We're gonna put Thanksgiving on hold for another two hours. You go fix it. <laughs> Sam, favorite Thanksgiving side dish? Um, I'm actually not a big fan of stuffing. Um, I think just mashed potatoes, man. Uh, I feel like it's not even like a – 
it is a staple Thanksgiving dish, but if you were to give me that on like, I don't know, January 27th, and you give me a nice heaping of mashed potatoes, I'd love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Mashed potatoes is definitely my favorite. Just uh, drizzle the, gra- the gravy all over that. Oof. Oh, really? So you you gravy your mashed potatoes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, I'm just I'm just straight, like, a little bit of butter, and I'm good. Like, I don't need the gravy to add anything to it. And you get, like, um, the, the hybrid bites if you get a, you get a, a piece of turkey with the gravy with the mashed potatoes all in one bite. It makes it. <laughs> that is that's that's a very, yeah that's thank that's really like Thanksgiving rolled into a bite right? I, like if I, you could just put, in my opinion, yeah for sure. Are you guys like really hungry now? Because like I, I could go eat I could go eat a meal right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm starting to starting yeah. to feel it a little bit after <laughs> after being home from my apartment, which I have like no food because I'm poor. Um, I have just been like integrated with food this whole time my mom's like oh are you hungry blah blah blah. like i'll make you something i am not starving at all at this house (laughs) it is so nice yeah well welcome back to california both of you actually you guys are both now back so i think that this is the first podcast where we've done where all three are in the same state look at us wonderful we're growing (laughs) we're growing and actually actually for actually for dom it's probably a lot better because now we're not keeping him up at 11 p.m. on the East Coast. Hey, Sam, we, Tom, we got to record at like nine. So, like, are you good for that? And you're like, fuck, it's midnight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm literally, it's like, 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 I'll give you, I'll paint you the picture. So, like, my, my closet is the most soundproof area of my room, which is a pretty big closet, but like, it'll be pitch black. 12 a.m. and I'm recording a sports podcast in my my closet. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, dedication, dedication, and we appreciate it. Well, you know what? Since you're back, floor is yours. Thank you very much. Well, uh, yeah, I uh, I apologize that uh, we didn't get a segment last week, but um, at the same time, there was really nothing to cover. Um, yeah. There were like 15 games that were canceled, and a lot of the good ones that would have happened last week were canceled. That's actually. Somewhat of the same case for this week. There were about 15 games canceled again, which that number has been kind of exponentially increasing the last few weeks. But the games that were canceled were not the good ones. And so this week actually had a lot of uh, big games and a lot of big news that happened that is kind of shaping the college football landscape. The first thing that I want to get to is Ohio State 42, Indiana 35. Now, if you, I don't know if you guys watch this game, I don't know if anybody listening watched this game, but the. If you would have tuned in in the middle of this game, you would have thought this was an awful game. Why is why was this hyped up? This was this was a number three Ohio State team against number nine Indiana team at the time, and Ohio State was blowing them out. And you think, wow, this is another game where you know Ohio State, um, the, the the second best Big Ten team in the entire conference, was hyped up way too much, and Ohio State comes in and obviously just overpowers them, overtalents them, but. This game got really, really good towards the end. And for the first quarter, it was very tight. I think it was only a touchdown game. And then, of course, by the end of it, 35-42 was a one-possession game that Ohio State ended up winning. But in the middle of it, the score was 35-7 to Ohio State. And so if you would have turned, tuned in at that time, you would have thought this is an awful game. Indiana went on to score 21 unanswered points. Then Ohio State put up a touchdown. Then Indiana responded with another touchdown, and it was literally down to the last possession, and Indiana was not able to score. 
um, with just a few minutes remaining, Ohio State was able to kind of pull it off. But the biggest takeaway from this is, one, Indiana is a legit good team. The second takeaway is Ohio State has some defensive issues, which is the first time in, I would say, five years that I think it's appropriate to say that because they torched this Ohio State defense in the second half. I mean, absolutely torched. I will give you the stats in a little bit because I've started a new segment that is Dom's Dominator of the Week. And uh, two. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Thank you. I figured that would get that response. Um, it's, it's all right. I, I love the name myself. So two of the players on Indiana's team are going to be on that list, and we'll get I'm, to that just in a little bit. I was going to say, I'm looking at one of them right now. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, the, the second game I'll get to here, and we'll get this out of the way, because obviously Alabama bias, Bama 63, Kentucky 3. Um, great, great game. <laughs> yeah, great game. No, great game. Very entertaining for me to watch. Uh, Devontae, there's not a lot to get into. We dominated from start to finish, but – the one thing I want to say, Devontae Smith broke Alabama's career touchdown record or receiving touchdown record at Alabama that was held by none other than, and Jason, I don't know how you feel about this name, but Amari Cooper. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Amari um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cooper had 31 touchdowns in his career at Alabama. Devontae Smith now has 33 and likely has four to five games still left to play this season. So he's probably going to shatter that record completely. I was going to say he's going to run away with that. Absolutely. Uh, The other name to to kind of talk about is Najee Harris. Najee Harris needs seven more rushing touchdowns to break the Alabama career rushing touchdown record held, well, tied, um, that's held by Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram, respectively. They both had 42 touchdowns in their uh, Alabama career. And so, um, the two, I mean, I don't know. First of all, I don't know how Najee Harris is managing to do this when Alabama's passing attack is what we're known for now. And now he is, he still leads the country with 16 rushing touchdowns through, uh, through seven games, which is ridiculous. Um, even though we have a plethora of incredible wide receivers that we're throwing to, um, we, this offense can kind of do it all. So the next game up obviously is the iron bowl. We're going to get to that just in a few minutes, briefly go over that. But the um, just a few more games from this last week. Number seven, Cincinnati 36, UCF 33. I am very concerned for Cincinnati's playoff hopes, at, but they're not doing anything wrong. And I know I said I think that they should be uh, the group of five team to get into the playoff, but the playoff committee has kind of shown – well, they haven't shown anything yet, but the AP poll showed that this team is getting moved down for winning. And the fact that they didn't go in and blow out UCF, which UCF is a great team. Um, they ended up winning this game. It was an away game, a three-point win. I don't think this helps their hopes very much, even though UCF is statistically one of the best offenses in the entire country. Um, they are 8-0. They still have great playoff hopes, but it's probably going to come down to will the teams in front of them lose, which a lot of the teams in front of them might lose. So I think that there's still a hope for them. Um, number 19, Northwestern, 17, number 10, Wisconsin, seven, Northwestern somehow is five and oh. And, uh, I think this is very, this is very surprising. They defeated a really good Wisconsin team. Uh, obviously the defensive, um, uh, performance, like I just said at 17 to seven final score, uh, Northwestern is going to likely be the team that goes and loses to Ohio state in the big Ten conference championship. Um, so, you know, that's something to look forward to. And then of course the last game of this weekend, Number 18, Oklahoma, 41. Number 14, Oklahoma State, 13. This was a 
awful rivalry game. I mean, this was like, this was disgusting. And I honestly, I predicted this um, on one of the uh, radio shows that I do. I, I, I predicted that this was going to happen because I honestly think that Oklahoma is a much better football team than Oklahoma State. It's just a matter of ranking. And uh, that's exactly what happened. I mean, Oklahoma State looked terrible on offense. They couldn't get anything going. I mean, they had like three three and outs to start the game. Oklahoma came out and roared, put up 21 points out of nowhere. And this game wasn't even close from the beginning. So um, it's too little too late for Oklahoma, however, because two losses into this into the season already, you're not going to go to the playoff. You may not even win the Big 12 because Iowa State right now is looking like the best team in the entire conference, um, and you already lost to them. So uh, unfortunate for them, but they won the rivalry game, so good for them. Now, I want to ask you, Sam, um, are you nervous about USC? Oh, no. USC is 3-0, so is Oregon. You got a Pac-12 championship matchup likely looming. This USC team is finding ways to win. Are you at all nervous about them? Dom, what what kind of question is that, man? That's like me asking you, <laughs> is Alabama – are you worried about LSU this year as an Alabama fan, something like that? You know, like, Oregon's just got so much more talent than this USC team does. It's great mm. that they're winning and they're keeping their ranking. That's awesome for Oregon. That's all mm. it is, man. That's, that's interesting. You know, uh, so much more talent for a team that uh, had to – you know, beat US- UCLA by three points yesterday. An absolutely god awful UCLA team. Um, that's that's pretty interesting. That claim right there. But you know. you know what? You know what? We were we sat here. I think it was the first week we had you on. You sat here all doom and gloom after Alabama, Al- Alabama, <laughs> Alabama beat <laughs> Old Miss, and Old Miss put up like seven thousand yards on them. Wasn't it that week? And you were all, oh man, I don't know about this Alabama team. This is scary. Every team has an off week, man. It's all good. Oregon's just figuring it out. There's different matchups within games. They'll figure it out. It's all good. <laughs> okay. All right. I believe you. I That's believe right. you. It doesn't sound it. like it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they better they better be in that uh, close to that top four at the end yeah. of this. Well, they got some ground to make up. But I'm sure. Uh, I'm, sure uh, I'm sure Oregon State this week will really help your chances to, uh, you know, jump yeah, in front of some teams. That's a rivalry game. That's as big a rivalry game as the uh, Auburn game. You got this. Oh, somehow Auburn's in the rankings again. They always somehow sneak them in there. It doesn't make any sense that you guys just get more padding against ranked opponents, and Auburn again is in the top twenty-five. It's crazy. They have been in the top 25 for the past two weeks, but, uh, you know, they were definitely snuck in there for the Iron Bowl, Sam, that's for sure. Um, I'm not saying but they just <laughs> – dude, they – come on. Is, <laughs> is Auburn one of the top 25 teams in the country? Yes, they are. They're 6-2. and two. Mm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I'm just – I think that they are. But, I, listen, I am concerned for this game, as I think all Alabama fans should be, because Alabama is 2-3. and three. Uh, during the Saban era when we are number one, we're the number one team in the nation and we're playing Auburn. Um, And so we have lost before to this team when we're ranked number one. It's one of the things they love to do. They love to absolutely spoil anything that we hold near and dear to our hearts. They are a terrible school, a terrible fan base. I do not like Auburn. Um, You don't say. (laughs) I I don't like that school. I don't like the fan base. Um, our neighbors across the street, funny enough, guess what? Auburn grad. Not fun. Um, <laughs> That's actually really funny. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I guess, guess, fly, uh, do they have a flag out front? 
They have a they have an Auburn flag. Oh, guess who? Uh, guess who's not getting invited to Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> yes, I can tell you that. Yeah, I can tell you that. Oh man, um, let's let's do the let's do the Dominator of the week. How about that? How about let's do it. Get this gross taste out of my mouth thinking can about we, the uh, school. Can we establish there's a cap on how many Alabama players can be in this, right? Or is it just the whole <laughs> Alabama offense? Well, I not a single Alabama player is on this this oh, list. I'm so glad there's no bias. Oh no, absolutely. There will. Well, you know, I'll, I'll give I'll give them their credit when 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 they. Uh, yeah, I'll give them their credit if if they do something that is worth. The uh, prowess and um, you know high uh, high praise of this list, but the uh, well, there's three honorable mentions and then there's one winner. So the the three honorable mentions: Ty Freifogel, seven recept seven receptions for 218 yards and three touchdowns. Seven receptions. He did two. He had he recorded 218 yards and three touchdowns on seven receptions against Ohio State which, as you know, has produced ridiculous talent for the NFL. They do have some ridiculous talent in their defensive backfield. Sean Wade is not an easy opponent to go up against, um, and he did that. Now, JT Daniels, the new quarterback for Georgia, he had 401 yards and four touchdowns. I think Georgia just found their new quarterback for the next couple of years, um, and, and it's, he's a good passer, finally. this is These are the best stats that a Georgia quarterback has put up in, like, 10 years, probably since – Either uh, um, Murray or uh, Matthew Stafford was there. So um, that's very impressive, very exciting for the dogs. And, of course, Desmond Redder, the quarterback for Cincinnati, 338 passing yards, two touchdowns, 57 rushing yards, and another two rushing touchdowns. And the winner of the Dom's Dominator of the Week is Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback for Indiana, 200 – no, excuse me, 27 for 51 – 491 yards and five touchdowns against one of the best. Well, at the time we thought one of the best defenses in the entire country. Now he's making them look like fools, but he is without a doubt the dominator of the week. And so going to be doing that every week. Uh, I like that little segment. I hope you guys like that too. We're going to yeah, for sure. Crowning, crowning some, some freaks every single week. So finally, just a couple more things and I'll wrap it up for you guys. Um, my playoff picture after week 12. Oh, let's hear it. And by the way, the rankings, the first official CFP rankings come out tonight at 4 o'clock Pacific. Um, so that is exciting. Number one, Alabama. We now have all 62 first place votes in the AP poll. We're a unanimous number one uh, team. Number two, Notre Dame. They're 8 no. They deserve to be. Um, they're about to face another top 25 matchup coming up. I, that'll further solidify their chances if they beat them. Number three, Ohio State. They did win against a top 10 opponent, even though it was ugly. Still should be at number three. And, of, co- of course, number four, Cincinnati. I still Whoa. have Cincinnati in here. They are also 8-0. I still believe that they deserve to be here. I think at the end of the season, enough teams in front of them will lose. You're going to see Florida lose. You might see... Texas A&M lose to Auburn in a couple weeks. Um, Texas A&M is probably not going to go to the SEC championship game. You're going to see uh, either Clemson or Notre Dame drop out of those out of those rankings with another loss. So I think it's still possible. I think Cincinnati jumps into that fourth spot if they go undefeated, which at this point they're almost guaranteed to. Um, so that's my playoff picture. Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Cincinnati. And finally, this week's it's rivalry, rivalry week. 
Uh, week 13, there are some great matchups. Um, a few of those, of course. There's two of the games that are actually this Friday instead of Saturday. Uh, number 15, Iowa State's headed to number 20, Texas. So look out for this. This, this If Iowa State wins this, this is going to be um, – they essentially won the Big 12. I mean, this is, this is the only team left standing in their way. I mean, that's not saying much because the Big 12 is a garbage conference. Um, but, you know, uh, here we go. You know what? It's a conference championship. It's something. So go, go Iowa State. They're kind of the, the, uh, the little engine that could. And then, of course, Notre Dame is taking on number 25, North Carolina. They're heading to North Carolina. Um, I think Notre Dame is going to destroy this team. North Carolina has tended to underperform in the games that they should. But we will see. Um, this is this is a big game for Notre Dame. It, it is going to really pad their chances for the playoff. Oregon, Oregon State. I I added that in there because Sam, I, I just want to appease you. I don't want you to think that I I never talk about the Pac-12. Because that's a I, good call. That's a very good call. Way to go with your gut there, Dom. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, you know, I I do. I think I want to clear that up. I do talk about the Pac-12. Um, it's all negative, but I do talk about it. So just just on that. Uh, and then finally, of course, number 22, Auburn, at number one, Alabama. This is a revenge game. Uh, if we do anything other than go out there and absolutely obliterate Auburn by more than three touchdowns, I'm going to be angry, and I will uh, probably – I don't know. I, I, I the, the, um, the, the line of curse words that I said – after we missed the kick last year um, and lost 48 to 45 to the cow school is just uh, it's probably still hanging in the air um, over Tuscaloosa, Alabama right now, because it's just, it's a, uh, it was terrible. I hate Gus Malzahn. I absolutely just hate this, this Auburn school. Um, we have to go out there and dominate. Um, there's really no other, other, no other way about it. We're locked to go to the SEC championship game. I mean, Auburn already has two losses, but it's just – it's pride at this point. We, we, we cannot lose to these guys. Um, traditionally, we don't. Touch so, them. question. If yes, they – and before we let you go, question. If they do lose, Whoa. should we – just listen, listen, listen. If they do lose, should we expect you on the show next week? Or... <laughs> yes, you should. Okay. But, um... <laughs> I don't know. Or are you going to be recovering? No, I, I'll be on here. I, I, you know, Sunday will be my recovery day. Monday will be um, the, you know, what are the steps of grieving? That's basically what I'll be going through. But I'll be able to accomplish both of those in in two days. And then come Tuesday, um, I, you know, just turn my mic down. Is all I'll say. Just, gotcha. just make sure that my mic is low enough so that I don't blow somebody's eardrum out because I'll be, uh, I'll be angry. But I'm, I think I, it's going to be good. I kind of want to see it. Like, <laughs> no, nah, nah, I want to see Alabama win, man. For Dom's mental health. Oh, thank oh, you. I need man. an Alabama thank win. You, I'm thinking of viewership, Sam. <laughs> we need something we can market. No, no, we need Dom to be eloquent in his delivery. We just need like this this perfect performance that he gives each and every week. I don't want to hear f bombs and this and that <laughs> from Dom. We need he brings the class to the show. That's true. He can't stoop to our level. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Dom, what do you think about this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Sound like, uh, the, sound like the cookie monster right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Dom, as always, 
thanks for coming on. Uh, it's always nice to have somebody who actually knows what they're talking about on the show. <laughs> um, and uh, we will see you. Uh, we'll see you next week. Absolutely, guys. Thank you very much. Have, have a time. great um, Thanksgiving, man. Thanksgiving, man. Thank you. You as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, Dom really just is a little bit better than us. (laughs) (laughs) My God. My God. Yeah, no, it always is nice having Dom on the show because he really – Bro, he classes the place up. He really does. He really, really does. So sorry, everybody, that we're going to be stooping back to just me and Sam. But we're going to have a guest on the show again later. So – so don't worry. But I don't he, know won't, if he's, he won't class the place I, up. I, say, I don't know if he's going to be classing <laughs> the place up. But, hey, you know what? That's just uh, that's what we're going to roll with. Um, so Sam and I are going to be talking about the NFL weekend. And uh, I introduced a segment last week. I'll continue it this week. Got a couple fast facts for you um, about this weekend. So with the win at home for the Browns, Baker Mayfield is now the most winningest quarterback at First Energy Stadium. Can you guess who the – previous record holder was oh it's got to be i think it's a it's big ben isn't it it was big ben yeah it, i knew it, was an, it had to be an opponent it was big ben so congratulations baker mayfield you are now the owner of the most wins at first energy stadium so that's a sigh yip- of relief for cleveland ownership <laughs> <in>. <laughs> finally we don't have to have big ben as the daddy of our stadium i know <laughs> and then the big storyline this weekend was new orleans not starting Jameis winston and instead running with Taysom hill now Taysom literally, hill literally running uh, yeah literally running with Taysom hill who by the way here are his stats for this weekend mm-hmm. 18 for 23 233 yards and two rushing touchdowns he had also 51 yards carrying the ball as well he played really 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 well in fact he had a qbr of 108.9 which was better than philip rivers ryan Tannehill, patrick mahomes ben roethlisberger and lamar jackson this weekend so good job Taysom hill and then i also got another fast fact for you but i'll save that for ben because it has to do with the nba so let's roll right into week 11 let's get it of the NFL football season. So here we go. We started off Thursday with a phenomenal Thursday night game. The Seahawks beat the Cardinals 28-21. to Steelers beat the Jaguars 27-3. Texans beat the Patriots 27-20. to The Panthers, who, by the way, were starting an XFL quarterback, Phillip mm-hmm. Walker, got his first start and his first win in the NFL as the Carolina Panthers shut out the Detroit Lions 20 20- to zero the titans beat the ravens in overtime 30 to 24 the browns beat the eagles 22 to 17 washington beat the Bengals 20 to 9 and joe burrow goes down with a terrible terrible injury which we'll get into a little bit later again washington wins 20 to 9 i think that was alex smith's first win as a str- uh, since being back was it really i think so i thought they won last week did they win last week? Pretty sure. No, they lost to the Lions last week. Oh, maybe he won when Kyle Allen started? I don't know. Yeah, I think as a sole starter, that was his first win. And he didn't play nearly as well as he did last week. No, he did not. Um, hey, it wins a win. Exactly. He's, he's got to be a lock for comeback player of the year. I would be shocked if he doesn't win. I think it would be absolute, like an absolute travesty if he doesn't win. And it would have been an be ad- crying. I will be knees. crying. 
and the Chargers would have been crying if they didn't beat the Jets this weekend. But congratulations to the Chargers. You found a way to actually win 34-28. to The Broncos beat the Dolphins, which was so good for the Raiders, except mm-hmm. 20-13 to over the Dolphins. The Broncos win that game. Cowboys beat the Vikings 31 to 28. The Packers lose to the Colts in overtime 34 to 31. The Chiefs comeback win on a final drive beat the Raiders 35 to 31 and the Rams beat the Buccaneers 27 to 24. So, lots of places we can start, but I feel like I want to ask you this question. Okay. What's going on with the Ravens? Mm, that's a good question, man. I think I think the uh, the blueprint is out there on how to guard Lamar, which it looks like you you uh, put as many DBs out on the field and make him throw through tight windows and try to make good decisions, and he's just not making good decisions as of late. The Ravens have lost three of their last four games. Three but read out who they're games. against. Like the, the the teams that they're playing are no slouches. Well, yeah, but they did lose to the Patriots, and the Patriots, I don't know. But then it's so weird, though. They like so yeah, you're right in terms of their last four games. They had the Steelers, the Colts, the Patriots, the Titans. That's a tough slate. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a team who's got Super Bowl aspirations, mm-hmm. you know you. I don't know. I would have expected them to beat the Colts, which they did. I would have expected them to beat the Patriots, which they didn't. And I believe we both picked them to beat the Titans. Yeah. And they didn't. And I think you're right. I think the blueprint is out on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Um, For whatever reason, their offense has not been nearly – their record-setting offense from last year has not been nearly as prolific Mm -hmm. this year. Uh, Last year they were putting up – boatloads of points and then in the last couple of games it's been 24 24 17 24 yeah i think they did have a little bit of some success throwing the ball down the field they had um a nice connection between lamar and mark andrews that that connection was good all day mm-hmm. he was getting the ball to mark andrews in the seams um just floating it in there right right d- down the chute um, they had a couple costly drops in this game that are pretty uncharacteristic. Like, Lamar, if he does make the right decision and puts the ball on the mark, so those are two big ifs that don't happen all the time. Receivers got to catch the ball, man, mm-hmm. to move the chains. And there's just some things that this team just doesn't look crisp right now. Um, but they can figure it out and still make a run. They're yeah. still a scary team. Yeah, they're still a team that when you look on your schedule, go, okay, well, yeah, like this is not going to be a walk in the park. But it's interesting to see how, honestly, it's just, for me, the, the comparison between this year's team and last year's team on paper looks pretty much the same. But then you look at the product on the field and it's just, it's nowhere near the same. So you got to believe that it's just a product of teams figuring them out. Yeah, last year I think they they were able to control the ball so much better. Teams didn't have the ball for very long, and if if you don't if you get the ball as an opposing team against the Ravens, you don't score your first possession, you're going to end up fourteen zero down. 
and then Lamar and company are just running it down your throats. That's not really happening this year. No, not at all. Um, so we had a battle of the birds on Thursday. You have the Cardinals against the Seahawks. And sign me up um, for that being a playoff game. That was so much fun. Yeah, too, too good. It's, a, it's a pretty much a great matchup. I mean, it really is. Uh, Seahawks defense really showed up in this game um, in containing Kyler a little bit. I, Kyler's got his faults, but he is so electrifying, and his talent is so good that he's going to keep that Arizona team in the game. Yeah, and Russ didn't, and you said it right there, Russ uh, didn't have to do, like, MVP-level Russ stuff because... But he played such a cleaner game. That was the oh, difference. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. he's turned the ball over so much as of late, but he just, because of that defense stepped up against Kyler in timely situations, he was allowed to just control the game. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, because the defense stepped up, it allowed him to just, you know, be... He didn't have to be Superman, you know. He didn't have to try to force everything. It didn't seem like he he knew, like, the thing that I had been hearing the past couple of weeks is that it seemed, and the thing that was evident a little bit if you watched the game was that it almost seems like Russ knew that his, well, duh, he knows, but, like, he, the defense has just been so lackluster the past couple of weeks. He's had no help, and there was so much pressure on him to score 35, 40 points a game. And when if the defense could just make a couple plays for Russ to, to allow him to not have to do that, to not force him in situations where he has to throw for 500 yards, he just becomes a, so much more – I don't he just, he just becomes a better quarterback, which is, like, honestly probably the case for every quarterback. And it's hard to say uh, that he becomes a better quarterback in the sense that he was putting up gigantic numbers at the beginning of the season. But you can't – expect him to keep doing that is what I'm saying. You can't expect him to keep throwing for 400, 500 yards and throwing for, you know, 3,500 million touchdowns per game. Right. And the run game really came back in a huge way for Seattle with Carlos Hyde. Yeah. Carlos Hyde. And it almost looked like Arizona was going to have another chance to have a Hale Murray at the end of the game. You know, it was 35 seconds left. It was fourth and 10. They were at the 20 and looking at it right now. They were at the 27 yard line. And they had a shot at the end zone uh, if Kyler had escaped from, I think it was Carlos Dunlap who mm-hmm. got the sack on him. Um, so signing right there for the Seahawks paying off already. But, uh, yeah, it was like, well, here comes Arizona again. Let's just throw it to DeAndre Hopkins. You see everybody just run to the end zone pretty much or run right to the sticks, and then a couple people head to the end zone. So, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was shaping up to be almost identical to the Bills game uh, for just the way that uh, Arizona could have won that game. Those teams just match up. So they're, they're pretty much like carbon copies of each other with Seattle, just a little more experienced than Arizona. Yeah. Um, sorry, I had a phone call that just happened while you were talking and you cut it out. So I missed that, but I'm sure it was a phenomenal point. I just said that those teams are a lot alike and, uh, <laughs> Um, so do you want to talk about the uh, New Orleans Saints game? I don't want to spend too much time on all of these games, but I feel like the Saints game was just interesting in the sense that uh, Sean Payton decided not to start Jameis Winston, rolled with Taysom Hill, and it it paid off in a big way. Yeah, yeah, talk about it. Um, What was – you know, 
what do you what do you think this says? Do you think this says more about what they think about Taysom Hill or what they don't think about Jameis Winston? Oh, I think it says everything about Taysom mm-hmm. Hill. We we were told that he is the the savior once Drew Brees decides to hang up his cleats. Um, and this game was huge. It really reinforced that idea, I think, in people's eyes. And um, it's a nice selling point for Sean Payton to then go maybe a year from now or maybe move off of Drew Brees early and say, yep, we're giving it to Taysom Hill. Well, based on the injury that Drew Brees is suffering, it looks like he's this might be his last year. He has been upgraded, not upgraded, I would say. <laughs> it must be the wrong word, downgraded in the sense. Elevated. Yeah, it just his uh, injury update. Uh, has been uh, there's a little more uh, writing there now because I believe he is now up to eleven cracked ribs. Jeez, eleven was is a, he expected to come back? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you come back from eleven cracked ribs. I don't know how you play football after having a punctured lung and cracked ribs. Yeah, so I'm not sure. I would honestly, if you're him, why come back? Why come back? Unless unless you want to play one last Super Bowl run. I mean, yeah, one last Super Bowl run. I get it, but at the same time, because they look like they look like the clear cut favorites of the NFC right I, now. Yeah, I probably now that their defense is playing uh, better. The defense has played significantly better the past couple weeks. Um, they held that Buccaneers offense to three points. They held the Forty ers to thirteen, and then they held a good Atlanta Falcons offense to nine. They sacked Matt Ryan eight times. So that defense was what everybody was talking about at the beginning of the season. There was nowhere to be found. And now all of a sudden, they're coming out of nowhere. And the Saints, you're right, are looking like the best team in the NFC by far. Uh, And it's going to be fun to watch uh, Taysom Hill sort of lead that team because I don't know what Drew Brees' timeline is. But, man, to have a punctured lung and 11 cracked ribs, I don't don't know, man. I don't know when he would want to come back. I understand, you know, trying to make one last Super Bowl run, but I mean, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough because you're heading, you're, you're pretty much walking into retirement right now, getting close, and you just call it a little bit early. I don't know. I don't know. What do you, what do you think of uh, this Taysom Hill start? Were you impressed going in? Because we really didn't know what it was going to look like. Well, Taysom Hill is probably the most fascinating player in the NFL. Um, just because of everything that he does. So it it became much, 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 oh my lord, must watch television. Once they announced that he was going to start. Um, and I was just curious to see what his arm was going to look like. Obviously, we know he can throw it a billion yards down the field. There was no question about that. But it was going to be, the question for me was how accurate was he going to be? Was he going to be like 10 for 35, but have like 300 yards because all of them were just bombs down the field? Uh, but to his credit, he, like I said, he was 18-23 and had a QBR of 108.9. He had a very good game. I know he was playing against arguably one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, mm-hmm. But that was a great – that was probably a great stepping stone and confidence mm-hmm. builder for him. And, you know, it would have been different to be thrown into the fire, let's just say, next week against a Broncos defense, which is pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Or – Play, they played great against yeah, Tua. Yeah, exactly. They they were able to bench Tua. Um, so, I mean, I, this was the perfect game and team for Taysom Hill to come out and kind of do his thing. And, you know, we'll see what uh, 
it honestly, they're they kind of in the sense are now like the, they can sort of act like the Ravens a little bit on offense um, because mm-hmm. they have a quarterback who can throw the ball seemingly fairly accurately who, and who can run with an absolute like he, he first of all he's a giant human being he's massive um, and he he's built he's not super tall he's well, I mean he's six two he's still big um, but uh, man he's just he runs harder than almost any running back you could find in the league the dude just he has no no remorse for anybody in front of him and no care about if he's going to hurt himself. He just – which you're going to probably see um, Sean Payton uh, maybe try to pull the reins back on that a little bit on certain runs. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was super impressed. I was super impressed with how he played, and it was a perfect little stepping stone for him against the Falcons because the Falcons don't have a great defense. So it'll be interesting to see what he does against a better defense. It was – it was perfect situation, uh, minimal amount of pressure going in. Cause even if he makes a mistake on a drive, their defense was playing so yeah. well, he was going to get the ball back um, and just drive down the field. Um, I think we've never seen him really throw inside the pocket no. a lot. And even in this game, it wasn't like that was a big thing going in. They really made sure he was moving out, rolling out had the option to run or just throw on the run, which throwing on the run, he made some pretty pretty good throws, um, even going to his left, which was which was uh, good to see if you're a Saints yeah. fan. But seeing him in the pocket, it, it just doesn't look like he's comfortable. And it that's probably – it's probably just a product because he has not done that in a game in a very long time. It's since he's been in New Orleans, he hasn't done that. Yeah, so that's just going to be uh, an experience thing for him. The The more he plays, the more comfortable he's going to feel in the pocket. And he, to his credit, he did have a couple really good throws from the pocket, and he, um, and he did move around fairly well uh, in, certain, in certain instances. And one thing about him, uh, too, that was really impressive to watch was, man, he can throw the ball hard. He throws the ball very hard and on, on a rope. Um, so, and his accuracy was really good too. Like I didn't, there wasn't, there weren't a lot of throws that he just missed. Um, mm-hmm. so I th- the big thing is because this team is so good and they're, ob- they're going to make a playoffs. I don't think there's a doubt about yeah. that. He's going to be put in some high leverage situations against some pretty creative defensive coordinators. And he's pretty much a rookie Yeah, at this point with the number of starts that he has he's a he's 30 years old so he's not young but he is he's like a rookie in that way and it's going to be interesting to see how he reads defenses and how he reads uh secondaries because i could see him making mistakes it's going to be in the playoffs. it's going to be as much on sean payton as it is Taysom hill to devise a game plan for him that is that puts him in situations to succeed i i think they're really going to feel the loss of Drew Brees. I don't think this team is better with Taysom no. Hill right now than losing because Drew just the guy doesn't turn the ball over. No, and you don't have to draw anything up for Drew. You know, like with Drew, if if there was something wrong at the line of scrimmage, you can have the confidence that Drew's going to see it, change it, and he's going to change it the the correct thing. Um, he just for and. Everybody who was saying, like, Drew was declining and whatnot clearly wasn't watching him play. 
um, his numbers were right at his normal numbers every single year. Um, and, you know, he, maybe they didn't have the explosive 70 yard plays like they had been doing, but again, they were, they were without Michael Thomas and he takes away, he adds so much to that offense and just, there's so much focus that has to be put towards him uh, from a defensive perspective. Um, so yeah, no, I agree. They're definitely not better with Taysom Hill, but uh, they're definitely not uh, bad. That's the thing. They're, and I'd say right now, like you said, they definitely are the best team in the NFC, I think. Who do they, who do they play upcoming? Do they play a good team? They play. Team? So their next game is against Denver. Then they play Atlanta again. Then they have the Eagles. Then they have the Chiefs. Okay, that Chiefs game is pretty interesting. Then they play the Vikings and then the Panthers. So those last three games. But they could easily go 13-3. and three. Yeah, they could. They could. Those last three games are going to be interesting. Carolina's not a walk in the park. And the Vikings are not a walk in the park either. Um, sure they are. Okay, then. <laughs> Who, didn't they, they just lost to Dallas. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um... Steelers fan defeated. That's all we got to say about Pretty that. much. And then there were really <laughs> just a few more games that I want to talk about, but not in a super amount of detail. The Packers, Colts, is this – what do you think about the Colts now after beating the Packers? Oh, I think this is a big win for the Colts. Uh, Phillip Rivers played well. When Phillip Rivers plays well, they win. It's pretty much that simple. The team around him is great. That defense, we've been talking about it, great. Uh, I think if you're the Packers – I don't think you feel super bad. Just the fact that we've talked about there needs to be more weapons outside of Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Yeah. And Aaron Jones couldn't get going in this game because the Colts are I think are the best defense against the run. If them it's not it's either them or LA or Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Like one of those three is the best defense against the run. Um but just those turnovers. That turnover late if you're Aaron Rodgers you take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands, put it into Valdez Scantling, and he has that costly fumble in overtime. It's like, oh my goodness! Like, if you lose because of Aaron Rodgers, that's one thing. But if you lose, sort of out of his control, it's like, oh man, we just gave that game away. Yeah, that's what that feels like. Yeah, you're right. There's not much. There's not a lot to say about it other than they really did kind of give that game away um, with that fumble. And when Philip Rivers isn't turning the ball over and he's playing like the Philip Rivers of old, then the Colts are an extremely hard team to beat just purely because their defense is so good. They're so good. Um, I believe. And the, I believe that defense played so well. They kept. Uh, they were down. Packers were up 28 14. Yeah. 28 7 and a half? It was, was 28 14. Yeah. Right. And they kept them to three points mm-hmm. in the whole second half and allowed uh, that, that Colts defense, that Colts offense to really expose Green Bay's defense. Green Bay's defense is just average. Yeah, it's not good. Um, so that was, that's a, I think it's a very big win for the Colts. And the Colts do themselves a lot of good in terms of the playoff race. Um, they're now 7-3 and three along with the Titans and the Browns. And they have the tiebreaker over the Titans. Mm-hmm. So I I think the Colts are – I would probably take them over the Titans right now. Um, and honestly, I'd take them over the Titans with – hesitantly, if because if Phillip Rivers doesn't play well, then the Titans destroy the Colts, I think. Um, 
And that's the, that's the thing. I think the Colts can almost beat anybody, but only only if Philip Rivers is playing well. So, the, how far they go is squarely on his shoulders. Squarely on his shoulders because that defense is going to show up week to week. Mm-hmm. Um. So okay, we can talk about the Chiefs Raiders game. Um, great game. It was a phenomenal game, and I, that was a great game. That's probably the best. That's one of the best games I've ever seen Derek Carr play. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he's been playing. He's been playing this way. For those of you who haven't been watching Derek Carr this season, he's been playing like this virtually all season. He has. But the level of difficulty, man. Like he made that Chiefs defense look bad. Oh yeah, that's what he did when they when they played a couple weeks ago when they beat the Chiefs. He destroyed that Chiefs uh, defense. If I can, if I find his stats real quick, the last time they played, Derek was again twenty two for thirty one, three hundred forty seven yards, three touchdowns. I don't know. I don't know how the Raiders have figured out the blueprint to score on the Kansas City Chiefs defense, but they they have their number on defense. They mm-hmm. just, again, and I've said it on the show a couple times, the Raiders just, their defense is not good. They can't get stops. Um, and man, Patrick Mahomes was in his bag though. He was, he was, um, <laughs> he's on the move, rolling out pump fakes, fakes the run, draws Abrams in to give Kelsey a wide open touchdown. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He, uh, he played extremely well. And the thing about it is, is, he just for the reason why the Raiders won the first time was because they were able to get to Mahomes and get a lot of pressure on him. But there's a difference mm-hmm. between getting a lot of pressure and keeping him in the pocket. Because if you can keep him in the pocket with that pressure, then he's got obviously nowhere to run. But if you just because you get a lot of pressure on Mahomes doesn't mean that he's done. There are a lot of quarterbacks that are done because they can't run like Mahomes. But just because you get a lot of pressure on him, that doesn't mean anything. You actually have to keep him in the pocket or sack him. And if you don't do that, then he's arguably better on the run than in the pocket because at that point it just becomes backyard football. And there is no team in the league that is better at backyard football than the Chiefs because the receivers know exactly what to do when Mahomes breaks free. And you wa- if you watch the game, Every time he breaks free, the wide receivers just boom. Their routes are over, and then now they're just following Mahomes, or they're finding the soft mm-hmm. spot in the zone. They automatically know what to do, and that's the reason why they're so hard to stop. Because you can you can stop their first play, but it's almost impossible to stop their third play. <laughs> you know, you know, like you mm-hmm. can take away that first option, you can take away that second option, and then all of a sudden it doesn't become a play anymore. It's just a free for all, and that's almost impossible to stop. Um, now, the Raiders have had a hard time stopping virtually anybody this season. If their defense was better, if their defense was better, then they would be a very scary team. They would be. Bro, I don't think it man. I don't I don't think we can judge the defense off of this game. I'm not I'm not saying but here's the thing. And here's the reason why I'm saying that. I get what you're saying because the Chiefs offense is very good. Is very but, but good. That last drive was just it looked like they were just going on the. They were going through the motion. They were going through walk walkthroughs on like a, a, a I don't know a Saturday practice in the morning. That's what that last drive looked. Oh like. no, I I understand that. 
It was just, oh, hit hit Tyreek. Oh, hit Travis. Oh, hit Tyreek. Oh, hit Demarcus Robinson. Oh, 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 oh. okay. I'm gonna end it this game. And it was like a minute. Yeah, no, I get it. it was like, wow. I get it. The thing, the thing that I'm trying to say is, is that when the Raiders' defense is on the field and they have and they have to get one stop, they need one stop. As a fan, you don't necessarily have the confidence that they can get that one stop. And, necess- and you don't necessarily have to be the best defense in the league, but if you can get one stop when you need it, then that'll win you games. That'll win you games like this. And right now their defense is not good enough to get that one, one stop that they need. Um, and I just I, – it's going to be – um, I'm super happy with the way that they played. Like w- when they lost that game, it was like, okay, yeah, like we just, we got Mahomes, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and that's fine. I was so happy with the way that they played. Um, I was even happy and I know I was just bagging on them. I was pretty happy with the way the defense played up until that last, that last possession. Um, because you're sitting there and you look at, wow, how did Kelsey get that wide open? Um, and you just need one stop. Um, but the defense did play fairly well. They're just, um, as a fan, like I said, you don't have the confidence that they're going to get that one stop. Um, but, yeah, no, they played really well. I'm so happy that they didn't get blown out on national TV. Um, I'm glad that Derek was able to show a national audience that he's a really good quarterback. Um and yeah, they move on to Atlanta next week in a game that they should win and they should beat the Jets after that. So in two weeks, I would love to be sitting here and saying that the Raiders are eight and four because um, then they have a hard game against the Colts. That's just, it's tough that the Browns and the Titans both won. Yeah. And it was perfect that Miami lost. Yeah, that would have been. Oof. But. Yeah, I mean, overall, it was a really good game from the Raiders. I wish their defense was a little bit better. I wish they could, even if they weren't a top 15 or top 16 defense, if they were just good enough to get one, like that one stop and buckle down for one possession, um, then that would be, that'd be amazing because I feel like they'd be, uh, their team would be so much, so much better. Um and so much scarier, I would say, for opposing teams uh, if they can just sure up that defense. And to their credit, they've been getting better each week. Um, like you go back a couple games, they they held the Browns to six points. I know that was a lot of lot to do with the weather, but now uh, the Chargers have been putting up a lot of points. They held them to twenty six. They held the Broncos to twelve. Um, so they've been playing better. Um, so it's as much as as much as they. Uh, didn't get that stop on the final play. They also were playing against arguably the best offense in the league. So it's a 50, 50 thing. Um, but I feel if at the beginning of the year, if we were to, if someone were to tell you that you guys could split with the chiefs, you would take that for sure. For sure. So again, not a disappointing game by any means, um, by any means, uh, wish they would have won. Yes, but I'm glad that they played as well as they did. And then the Rams bucks game was just a really good game as well. The the Rams are uh, the Rams are the real deal. Yeah, they're the they're the best team in the NFC West. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, they're a more complete team than the Seahawks, and their offense last night. If it's if it produces the way that it does, or the way that it did last night, then they're an extremely hard team to beat. And Tampa just Tampa's so weird right now with the way that they're playing. They 
play really well and then they play really bad and then they play really well and then they play really bad. I think Tom just did not play well. No, he did not. No, he did not. And I and I feel like that's such against a good defense and against probably the best defense in the league. Uh or one of the best defenses in the league for sure. Um and I know it's such a like it's not I'm not bringing you guys any interesting insight in this, but they're just inconsistent. Like they beat the Raiders 45 to 20. Well, and they barely beat the Giants 25 to 23. And then they get waxed against the Saints. And then they destroy the Panthers. And then they lose to the Rams. And it's just, and then they they also lost to the Bears. <laughs> but then they wax the Packers. And it's just one of those things where it's like they are. I don't. I don't even know what to say about them right now. Chewy does. Oh. <laughs> Chewy does. What's wrong with him? I thought we were gonna. I thought we were gonna get through a car drove by. Oh. That's all it was. <laughs> all it was was a car drove by, and then he gets Dodger all wild. Up. Nope. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, you gotta go flat. We gotta get in. We gotta get canceled because I'm gonna beat this dog. <laughs> Well, he already doesn't have any teeth, so it's not like you can knock any of those yeah, out. He's, he's, he's limping. I can't. Yeah. Come on. All right. Well, so those were the games this week. And uh, Sam, you won in picks. I did? Yeah. What, what, was the, what was the score? Was it all because of it the was one? Uh, it was one. Yeah, pretty much. <sighs> yeah. Wait, did I pick the Rams? Uh, yes. And you picked the Bucks? Yes. Oh. Dude, I'm kidding. All right, so let's rock. It is 65. We got the Texans and the Lions on Thanksgiving. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Applegate, Applegate Wi-Fi got to gotta reload. Oh, snap. All right, what, what is it? We got the Texans and the Lions. Uh, give me the Texans. Yeah, I agree. Um, Cowboys and Washington. Give me Washington. Wow. I'm not sure. I'll take Wa- Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton definitely makes Dallas better. Definitely does. <laughs> Did they? So they've they had to have played each other already this year. You'd think you'd so. think. Oh yeah, Washington beat them twenty-five to three. Um. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but that was like I think was that the Dak Prescott game? Garrett Gilbert or Danucci was in no, that game, was, something like no, that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I'll take Washington. Whoa. Yeah, I'll take. Whoa, I'll take. I'll take Washington. <laughs> uh, Ravens and the Steelers. Give me the Steelers at home. Give me the Baltimore comeback Ravens. Oh man! So you're just gonna keep riding with them? I guess so. They're they're the they're the Titans of last year, <laughs> and they're really not paying out. No, they're not. Um, give me the Bills at home against the Chargers. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, the Colts-Titans. That's a phenomenal early morning game on Sunday. In Indy. That's tough. Again, it's solely on Phillip Rivers. I know if I pick the Colts, they're going to have a dud. And if I pick the Titans, the Colts are going to play well. Yeah. So I'm going to pick the Titans. I'm going to pick the Colts. <laughs> so then the Colts the Colts play well, and then Bryson won't get all pissy. Yeah, for sure. All right. So let's move on to the Panthers and the Vikings. Uh, Vikings yeah, I was gonna say, I'll take the Vikings at home. Uh, give me the Browns on the road against the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take the Giants on the road against the Bengals. Yeah. 
Mm. Cardinals Patriots. That's an interesting oh. game. Uh, Arizona. Yeah. That's still interesting. Um, it is. We don't know what New England team we're going to get. No, I don't know. Because, um, who are they? Yeah, so they, are we going to get the team that beat the Ravens? Or are we going to get the team that barely lost, that barely beat the Jets? I don't know. Or just lost to Texans. That, that too. Uh, I'll take the Cardinals, though. Uh, Dolphins and the Jets. I'll take the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, give me the Raiders over the Falcons. Yeah. Uh, Saints over the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Rams over the 49ers. <sighs> hey, you know what? I just proclaimed that the Rams are the best team in the NFC West. You did. But the Niners are coming off a bye. <laughs> Debo coming back. Raheem coming back. No George Kittle, which kind of sucks. Their defense is still active. <laughs> Give me, give me the, give me the Niners. Okay. <laughs> I hope that game doesn't matter. Chiefs Buccaneers. Oh, the Chiefs. And the Chiefs. Packers Bears. I'll take the Packers. Mm-hmm. And I'll take the Seahawks over the Eagles. I thought the Packers Bears were playing on Thanksgiving. Nope. Did they move that? Not sure. I thought they were playing instead of Detroit. He's okay. Give me yes, yeah. 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 All right, so, so what we are, are we? at three. We're only at three. We're at three. And the Niners Rams is one yeah. of them. Oh frick me. Um You are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay because I need a win yeah. and then it'll be six six, so give me give me is Teddy Bridgewater coming back? But I don't even feel good about Carolina in that game. Maybe give me uh, New England. Are you switching? <laughs> <laughs> and then I got to switch on another. Oh, you're going to go to five games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here, you, you, switched, you switched one, so let me switch another one. I'll take – Did you pick Detroit no, or I'll, Houston? No, I'll pick the Cowboys over Washington. I thought you already no, did. No, I did not. Well, that seems that seems so gentlemanly of you. Well, you flipped on one, so I'll flip on one. So now we're That's now nice. we're at five. Yeah, I think we've been we've been too soft the last couple That's weeks. That's true. That's true. All right, so I think it's time for us to swap to some NBA talk, which means we're going to bring in our next guest. So let's go ahead and let's bring him on in. Our NBA expert. Mm-hmm. All right, our NBA expert is finally here. Ben, what's how's it up? going? What's up? How we doing? Oh, not too bad. Sam, I was just saying our NBA expert has now finally joined us, so we uh, we got to treat him with a little bit of respect. Got to put that in the bio, NBA expert. I like mm-hmm. that. Hey, hey, Ben, how you doing, man? It's good, good to hear from you. It's good to hear from you, too. I'm, I'm good. You know, happy to be back uh, in Roseville. Nice sun. I am so white, so it's like flushing <laughs> off me. And yeah, it's good to be home. Ben, we had a conversation earlier on the show, so I'll bring you into the uh, I'll bring you into the fold. We need your opinion. What is the best Thanksgiving side dish? Side, ooh, my aunt makes this sweet potato. Like, oh god, it's so good. It's like just brown sugar. It's like a dessert. So like anything sweet potato for me, I go for that. 
You're Satan reincarnated. I hate oh. sweet potatoes. <laughs> oh, dude, no. But, like, see, the thing is, is, like, it's just sugar. It's, like, just coated in brown sugar. <laughs> so it's, like, not even sweet potato. It's just, like, this dessert pudding. It's it so good. Sounds like extra sweet potato. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. I am not Sam. Are you a sweet potato guy? Uh... No, my mom is, though. She swears by it. Just kidding. Yeah, see, Bree loves sweet potatoes too, and then my mom loves them too, and I just no, I no, 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 no. What are your Not guys's? I want to hear them. We both said mashed potatoes. Yeah, mashed potatoes are a go-to, obviously. And then uh, Dom said stuffing. Oh yeah, for sure. You've got to have a good gravy though for those two. You know. I disagree. I'm more oh, of a wow. butter. I'm I'm a butter guy. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> oh wow. Oh wow. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Did not know that, huh? Yeah. Jason, Jason, who wronged you as a child? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was dropped. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right, so we're bringing uh, Ben on for a couple uh, – just honestly some talks about the NBA and the insane amount of trades that have taken place over the past couple of days. And I had a couple fast facts for you guys about the NFL, and I got one for you now about the NBA. Guys, can you guess who is now the longest-tenured player on the Pelicans? Oh, Zion. Zion. Zion Williams is now the longest standard player. He went from rookie to vet pretty much like that. So you I thought that buy, was really interesting. Buy, you can't buy, like, a guy's jersey anymore in the NBA. He's going to be gone in, like, two years. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, yeah I was, was about to say. say. Sam knows quite, quite well. Yeah, you, just, you might as well just buy bogeys Atlanta jersey now. <laughs> yeah. See, if, if I didn't have any, like, ill will towards Fox, that would be an easy jersey pick. Because he just inked that extension, but the guy's a a dick. I mean, the fact that he flirts with your girlfriend. It's tough. <laughs> I love him, but. <laughs> That's still one of the weirdest connections I've ever <laughs> like, just been around or heard of. It's great. I love it. Oh, man. Okay, so let's kick this off. Um, I don't even know where to start. There's way too many to get into. Um, so I say we just talk about the biggest ones and sort of move from there. We're obviously going to miss a few along the way, but whatever. Um, so, so far to you guys, Ben, I'll ask you first, what has been the biggest trade of this off season uh, so far? Um, I mean, for me personally, I would say it's Gordon Hayward. I kind of felt like, I feel like with the Kings with Bogdanovich, like that's just kind of been a shit show, but with Hayward, I don't know. I just didn't see that coming. I don't think Charlotte, you know, that's a great place for him. I don't, I Charlotte obviously overpaid. Um, I don't know. I feel like that's a weird fit. I don't know why Boston wanted to get rid of him either. Um, I just kind of felt like a weird trade to me. Um, and I think that kind of made like the biggest splash in terms of news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Charlotte was kind of a weird, weird landing spot. Yeah. And I think they're losers in terms of, you know, free agency and signing guys in terms of the contracts that they signed, um, especially with Hayward. Wait, you do you do know the team that we all root for, right? <laughs> yeah. What have the Kings done this free agency? I'm like, I don't know Nothing. what they're doing. Are they going to have 15 guys on the roster? Dude, you know, this? I don't like, I mean, obviously I have to, um, but I don't see them doing anything this free agency. I don't see... Like, they have till the end of tonight, so probably by the time people are listening to this, we'll know what happens with uh, Bogdan. But I don't think they're going to match his offer, so he's not going to be a king, in, you know, from what I'm seeing. I think they want Buddy to 
try to go off this year, you know, try to get the ball in his hands as much as possible so they can actually trade him for something like good young players um, and picks. I think picks are going to be important for the Kings down the road. Um, So I don't like disagree with what's happening in terms of what the Kings are doing in free agency, but it's also kind of like we're resetting again. Um, And like, this is kind of what you get for trying to fight for the eighth seed for like five years. Like this is kind of what we end up with, you know? Mm -hmm. So here we are. Um, Sam, what do you think the biggest off season move has been so far? Um, I think, the biggest, the one with the biggest, I think, name power is the the Suns trade. We talked about it last podcast, but I think that's still the biggest one from a name standpoint. It just puts Phoenix in that that next level of getting a player like Chris Paul. They haven't made a move like this in a decade to be really into that serious uh, playoff run. Um, I think a team that's gone underrated so far is Portland. Mm-hmm. All they're doing is making good moves this offseason. Resetting Carmelo. They get Harry Giles, who we're all very familiar with and who's a good player. They get a lengthy guy in Derek Jones Jr. Uh, they get Ronnie Hood. They add uh, Robert Covington. I think they added that Cantor, that too. Talked, they, they picked up Cantor yeah. again. Like, they are just filling up spots and seemingly not losing anyone. And it's good it's contracts. They're really good contracts. They're all minimums. I mean, they're not they're not overspending for any of these guys, which is quite remarkable. Yeah, I think they're they're definitely I think they've put themselves in the top 3 of the Western Conference with the moves that they've been making. So, I'm going to go a little bit of a different route. Um and it may not be like I mean, the Lakers obviously won the championship last year. Um, so anything that they add, you know, you can just say, well, they're just adding to a championship team already. But I'd say Marcus Saul going to the Lakers was the one that to me, I was, I kind of sat there and went, Oh my God, like, that's really not good. Um, because I know that, uh, you had the one, two punch with LeBron and AD last year and LeBron, I mean, not LeBron, AD was pretty much like the big, I know they had Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee, but now bringing in Mark Gasol, you have a center who can do, he, he's, he's such a plug and play kind of guy. Like he can do anything. Um, he can put his back to the basket. He's a great passer. He's a great passer, just like LeBron. So now you have, now you have like a center who's kind of, who passes like a point guard and you have LeBron who pretty much is a point guard. Um, and Marcus Sol can also step out and do something that Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee couldn't, which was shoot the three. Um, so you have a center who can put his back to the basket and now step out for the, uh, step out to the three point line. That'll open up some lanes for Anthony Davis and LeBron. I don't know. The Marcus all signing for me was like, great. Now, now you have LeBron, Anthony Davis and Marcus all. And to me, that three is, I, I that's that's almost an unbeatable three to me, like because I've I've been really high on Marcus Hall forever. I think we all know that he's been a phenomenal player throughout his whole career. That was the one to me that I was just like that sucks for every team. Now that was my biggest move. Yeah, it, yeah, it's not that often you see a team win a championship and yeah, because Marcus Hall is. I would take Marcus right Hall over Dwight Howard and Javale McGee. Any day, any day of the week. Um, 
And Marcus mm-hmm. Hall is still playing. Yeah. yeah. That too. He signed Harold. So you could, yeah, so you could bench. sub, That's crazy. <laughs> you know, whoever you want to start at center. If Marcus Hall say he was starting at center, but even say he wasn't starting at center, um, and you have Anthony Davis and just somebody else, then you bring in Harrell and Gasol to play power forward and center. And then it's like, well, now you have these two guys coming off the bench. Like, great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And like, that's why I think part of like how stacked the Kings division is with like the new format of the schedule, um, like 72 games, you have to play like your conference or your division mm-hmm. more. Um, to like you know minimize travel right now, I think that's like why we're seeing the Kings do nothing in free agency because you just see these teams get so good in their division. So like why you're not going to compete with them? Like it sucks maybe that the Kings are going to lose on you know not getting anything back for Bogdanovich, but like you know I don't I, I don't know I don't see the value in you know mm-hmm. matching the offer at some point and seeing if he can. Serge Ibaka going to the but Clippers I, I thought I was know. another big one. Um. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Thought, again, I Clippers thought got that was huge too, for crazy. them. Uh, now they actually have like a name center now. Serge Ibaka is no slouch by any. Oh, you don't means. like Zubak? Well, I mean, he is. I mean, I don't know, but you look at <laughs> just look at what Serge Ibaka did like last year. He was averaging 15 points per game uh, on eight rebounds and 1.4 assists per game. Like he was, he's a very he's better than Zubak. I'm sorry, but. Uh, yeah, that too. So you bring in somebody who Kawhi is He's also uh, Kawhi's familiar buddy. with and has won a championship with. Huge. Um, couple guys have gotten paid this offseason. Jason Tatum in a five-year contract, $195 million. Well-deserved, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Donovan Mitchell yeah. signed a gigantic deal as well. I think that was for like $195 million as well. Uh, and then De'Aaron Fox. How did you guys feel about the Fox deal? Um, that one's more. That one's more closer to to us. I I had to happen, obviously. <laughs> I mean, if you lose Fox, you know, I, they weren't going to. It was you know set, you know, well into this off season that he was gonna get the max deal. Um, it was just depending on how quick they signed it. They signed it pretty quick. Um, obviously, if you're trying to build something, you got a young point guard who's gonna. Mm-hmm turn into one of the best in the league you obviously have to keep him give him his money so uh Ooh. good deal um he can make up to 195 million too so it's not like we're overpaying um, and i thought one of the it's really good it's good, good for the kings good for the offseason was so. fred van vliet fred van vliet signing the four-year 85 million dollar deal with toronto that's awesome for him um i think it was the largest contract for an undrafted player in the nba i believe that was the stat yeah um that was that was so cool for him i did not know that that's um, cool yeah, it was well-deserved. Last season, he was averaging 17 points, pretty much four rebounds a game, six assists. He was playing really, really, really well. Um, so I thought that was a phenomenal feel-good story um, for him. Um, and I was – man, I'm – so if you just go on ESPN right now and you just look up, like, NBA trades and you just go down the list, there has been so much movement throughout – the past couple of weeks, it's been, it's been ridiculous. Um, in terms of the, the team that I wanted to ask you guys about, honestly, is uh, what do you think is going to happen with the Phoenix Suns this year? Where do you see them landing with the moves that they've made? 
where do you see the Suns fitting in in terms of like the Western Conference? Um, I think they they slide in right Sam, where you want to go the first? Thunder you want me to go last first? year. I think those teams are kind of like the same level. Um, so like a sixth, seventh, eighth seed, I think, is a nice spot for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're. Yeah, I mean, I can see them sliding into the eighth seed. I don't see them getting to the seventh or sixth seed. Um, I just think there's too much talent out west. I don't know. I feel like even for Phoenix having to play the Lakers and the Clippers, do you think the Warriors, Warriors a bunch is just the Suns right tough now? sledding for them? Mm-hmm. I think so. I mean, losing Clay sucks. That's awful. Um, but I mean, Ubre, I think it's Kelly Ubre, Ubre yeah. right? Uber, Uber. How you say his last name? Ubre, Ubre, Ubre. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they're set. I think they're going to be fine. Steph's healthy. Like, he's going to shoot the lights out of the ball, obviously. Um, Steve Kerr, great coach. I mean, they're, they're fine. I, I, I don't see them competing uh, for a top spot. Ben, I wanted West, to ask you this question because Sam and I talked sure. about this last week. Um, we were talking about, the obviously, the idea of James Harden going to Brooklyn. Um, and Sam and I had settled on the idea that if you're going to bring James Harden into Brooklyn with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, that it almost makes more sense to make, not to make, but to trade off Kyrie. Because we we were saying that they might actually be better if it was just Durant and Harden as opposed to keeping Kyrie there. Uh, For sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I like... I think James Harden's the biggest loser in this free agency. He turned down $50 million to not even sign yet with Brooklyn or have a trade yet. Um, I don't know. I don't know what – I don't know how that team would look. It would be exciting for sure. But, yeah, I don't see how you have three guys that need the ball all the time. It's a flip of a coin. Trying to figure out who gets the ball, (laughs) you know. Yeah. It totally is. How do you coach that? I mean, how do you coach We were him? trying to, we Nash, were trying to think of, like, who that? would become the first, second, and third option. And we kind of settled on the fact that Kyrie, at that point, would become the third option. And that's just not, that's just not in his DNA. Or at least it ha- so sure. far it hasn't, that's not, like, the track record that he has shown. He's not, he wants to be the guy. And if he's in Brooklyn right now, he's, ar- he's obviously already not the guy because Durant's there. When they bring if they bring in James Harden, then he's becomes. I mean, it's tough because if, if I don't know if Kyrie was I don't mean to cut yeah, you off, but if I Kyrie don't... was more willing to, like, if you could make a one-one swap for Steph, that would fit way better. Just because we were talking about who's best off ball, and Durant can play off ball. And Harden can play off ball, but Kyrie can't, Mm -hmm. which means that predominantly the ball would be in Kyrie's hands a lot of the time. And is he going to be willing to give up those touches to Harden and Durant? Um, Like, you know that if, like, we're just hypothetically saying, you know that if Steph was there, he'd be willing to do that because he'll just run around the court and he'll just never stop moving. And eventually the ball would find Mm -hmm. him. But with Kyrie, he's such an isolated, ISO player that I feel like it's just going to be hard to get Durant and Harden those touches if Kyrie is the one bringing up the ball. 
Yeah. Yeah. And like, I kind of like argue for Kyrie being a better fit with Durant. I would go back to like him playing with LeBron, but LeBron's such a good facilitator of the basketball. It's kind of hard to make that argument, but I, I mean, yeah, either way, even without, they're the top of the East. They're probably the top of the East. Even with the Bucks getting through. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So, Interesting, <laughs> interesting thing about the Bucks. I heard God, a rumor poor Bucks. on ESPN the other day. That the going re- to the Lakers? Yeah, that the reason why Anthony Davis isn't signing the deal yet is he's waiting to see sort of what Giannis does and what type of deal that Davis might be able to sign if, uh, if the, I mean, to leave it open to bring in Giannis. And I remember I told my dad that, and he was like, wait, 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 like Giannis going to the Lakers? I was like, yeah. And he kind of paused. He was like, he was like, but yeah, but then you'd have LeBron, Giannis, and Davis. I was like, well, yeah, but how is that any different than Steph, Clay, and Durant? He and he it's, kind of paused, and he was it's like, way better. Well, it's way better. It's way better. But what I'm saying in terms of having three All Star players so like that, <laughs> and my dad kind of paused, and he was like, the NBA is stupid. I, <laughs> that is so bad. <laughs> yeah. So hypothetically speaking, if Giannis <laughs> goes to the Lakers. What it wouldn't the, be this well, season. Is I, it no, no, no. up for next year? Next year, yeah. So let's say it happens next year. What then? Uh, the Lakers get a three-peat. Do, do, we, do you even watch the NBA season at that point? <laughs> Dude, I... I Absolutely. Know. I would love to see and him go so, to the Miami Heat. The, so the question that I have for you is... If That'd that happens, if Giannis goes to the Lakers, is that bad or is that good for the NBA? Um, it's bad for why is that every other team in the NBA, but it's great for the NBA. <laughs> it it dude, the amount of attention and stories and eyeballs watching three superstars play together. I mean. You get, you know, international crowd, too, with Giannis being on the Lakers, winning a championship. Well, and here's like, the scary part of that, too, so much to me, is that, that if LeBron only plays, say, like, three more years, you still have Anthony Davis and Giannis on the Lakers, who are both young and can just keep riding. So, yeah, they would lose LeBron, which you can't calculate what that would be. But, yeah. again, they'd still be probably the best team in the West at that point. And they pick up they pick up Bronny because Bronny would be a clutch sports uh, part of clutch sports. So he would obviously go to the Lakers. Yeah, there you go. Oh yeah, clutch sports. <laughs> yep. It's just it's ridiculous. I agree with you though, Ben. I Could think you imagine... to the Heat. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine one day we just wake up and we get a notification on our phone that yeah. says De'Aaron Fox is now a part of clutch sports? <laughs> what would you What would you think at that point? Just oh, he's going to the Lakers. <laughs> oh, he's a Laker then. Yeah, I text you guys and I say like over under ten days until yeah. he's like, like <laughs> that would be like, that's it. It'd be good for the NBA as long as it doesn't overstay its welcome. So the the KD, yeah, the KD Warriors. Oh, for sure, yeah. Like what was great for yeah. I think probably like one year. Yeah, I mean the year they like broke the Bulls record. I mean that's. Fantastic for ratings. Like, can they, will be they ever lose? Like, you want to watch them lose. LeBron. Or, you know, keep like, LeBron but... just amplifies that. He multiplies that by 10,000 oh, yeah. because he's winning rings. He would then surpass 
or he would tie Jordan if we say he wins the next two years. There would yeah. just be so much buzz around that. Mm-hmm. But there are that, that yeah. Laker team is already good enough. It'd be electric to win a championship this year. I mean, oh yeah, the yeah. Lakers if they if they don't the win this year, again. it'll be it'll it'll feel like a mistake almost. Yeah, I mean, last year it was kind of like, well, the Clippers are really good. Like, it's kind of a coin flip between the two. But this year, it's like if the Lakers don't do it. Like, you know, what's the it's either injuries the or in the West? I mean, I don't know how. What team matches up I think, with the Lakers? I think you'd have to say the Clippers. Biggest threat. I mean, I don't, I don't yeah, see any other reasonable uh, team at that. Point. But I don't even necessarily think that matters because it's not even going to who they're not going to play a team from the West in. The championship, and I, th- I think at this point, and I guess if you're asking who's going to maybe give them a hiccup on the way to the championship, um, I don't know. Denver played them tough, but uh, Denver hasn't made any moves. Denver man. did, yeah. Denver didn't do anything. Um, they got R.J. Hampton. <laughs> they lost Jeremy Grant. They lost guys. They that's lost a that's, yeah. Did they? Yeah, they lost. Plumlee. Yeah, that's a big um, piece to lose. They lost. Uh, did they lose one of their backup guards too? Wait, hold hold on, really quick though. Can you imagine trying to get a rebound against the Pistons <laughs> I don't, right now? I, I don't. They, they traded like for Dwayne centers. Deadman. They have Griffin did you already. See what they they did? have Plumley. They didn't pick up Alex Lynn. Did Plumley. Hmm. No, Toronto did, but oh my god, they got... <laughs> and they have Jeremy Grant. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to say that. I just thought that was funny. Well, can you well, I would say can you imagine getting yeah. a rebound against the Lakers right now with Dave with Davis, Harold, Gasol and LeBron? No, true. Like good luck. Yeah. Oh, no. Scotty Spinner, LeBron. He just doesn't have to play it be, it be, said the guy the one guy who would like guard him besides I mean, Kawhi on the Lakers on the Clippers is now gone. <laughs> Yeah, uh, dude. That, the Lakers are just I know so that good I said that the Marcus so thing was to me the biggest move so far, but to see Harrell on the Lakers and to realize that he left the Clippers mm-hmm. to go to the Lakers made it feel worse. If Har- if Harrell was on like Washington, yeah, and didn't yeah. see LeBron that often, then I don't know. It wouldn't have felt as bad to me. But the fact that he left the Clippers. To go to the Lakers, like the one team that maybe could challenge the Lakers and a guy who could guard LeBron is now on his team. Just like, okay, well. <laughs> God, and like no one even likes the Clippers in L.A. Like, can you imagine if this was like the Warriors? Like, uh, they'd be so good for the NBA. No, it doesn't That rivalry, <laughs> but no one gives a shit about the Clippers. No. So. <laughs> Oh man, it's Doesn't just seem tough. like it matters. It's <laughs> tough. The Lakers, the Lakers, watching how many moves that they've made, yeah. and then hearing that they might be eyeing Giannis for next year, it's like, why bother? Like at that point, you're yeah, you're right with the Kings. Like why? I mean, why yeah, even make the rich any moves get richer? Right yeah. <laughs> why? Why fight for like literally just dra- like try to find young guys? You know, they're twenty, twenty-two that are athletic. Let them run get high draft picks, like, kind of let this, you know, <laughs> NBA fade itself out. And, like, hopefully in a couple of years, as we said, maybe five years ago, where, you know, 
we'd be fighting for, you know, playoff spots again. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Kings just should just stay put, tank. <laughs> on, on paper, do the Sacramento hope to God they get the worst roster players. in the Western Conference right now. Oh. It's between them and the Thunder. On paper. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't honest to God know anyone on the shade. Thunder right now, so I would say Still. the Thunder, because we at least have Fox. Okay. Yeah. Well, the fact that the Thunder still lost put Fox uh, over him. Steven Adams. <laughs> so I... But the... Th- yeah. I mean, but the thing about the Thunder is, is they've got so many picks. So, like, even they can take this year, get another high draft pick, and they can just draft a whole new roster. I'm surprised the Kings have and the Kings first still can't picks even do that. They have coming years. What? What is? Oh, Chewy. Oh, Chewy's <laughs> basket. Yeah. Um, up again. What is? What is literally every oncoming car that just drives by? Um, you're up with your mom, right? Uh, yeah. Where, I'm How are there any cars? <laughs> <in> the mountains. <laughs> Yeah, what um, car would be driving So what by? realistically is the Kings roster going to be rolling out? Is they going to roll out Fox? Fox, Buddy, Buddy Harrison, Bagley, Holmes, Bielitsa? Halliburton? No, I'd say it's Halliburton. Uh, oh, God, how do you say it? Halliburton, yeah. I'd say Dude, you go Fox, line. Buddy, Halliburton. <laughs> you got to have Marvin. Barnes. I need to see Marvin play well, dude. Dude, honestly, I mean, if he averages less than like thirteen points. Yeah, my soul might be crushed. Well, he's got to be a double double guy. Yeah, he's got to be this year. He's just got to stay healthy too. Honestly, like if he I guess the good thing for the Kings coming out of the draft is that there's a lot of people who seem to really like what the Kings did in the draft. That's um, a first. Which yeah is a first. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, we've got, like, a real <laughs> GM, what, which what is does nice. that mean? <laughs> um, and, like, a real front office. Dude, the, <laughs> the sins, sins of Lottie. Of Lottie. We're gonna that sounds like a Netflix lives. special. <laughs> that, should, that should be a book. <gasps> oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, oh, I'd write that book. God. Letting Fuck, dude. Like Harry Giles just oh oh you mean for like you mean the deadline for the to sick. take up his option was today was I thought it was next week oh sorry guys oh yeah yeah oh well God well yeah at least they're six years from now I <laughs> I don't know I don't know that's just it's rough sorry everybody that we're just yeah. having a grieving session right now about the Kings but that's just that's really where we're at right now. That's very true. Um, ben, before be we wrap it up, too. Uh, I haven't <laughs> talked to you in a while, uh, at least on the show. Um, welcome back to California. I'm, yeah. Thank I'm you. Say, I'm sure it. it is. Nice to see the sun again. I'm sure it is. <laughs> so nice. So the three of us have to go out and, and to be dry. <laughs> I like being dry. So we'll have to do the uh, Sam oh, yeah. versus you again. Oh, see, if, uh, see if we can knock you off your throne. I played on Sunday. Feels a lot better than Sam. I haven't played in like a month or two. Oh god, dude, dude, we need, we need Sam. We need you to like get out of your head. You have so many different like techniques you're trying to work on right now. I'm. I just want you to just see ball, hit ball. That's what you should be doing right now. 
Well, let's let's get it together. Yeah, soon exactly. Because, uh, exactly. I, I am itching to go out and play again. I'm itching to shoot a 106 or something. So <laughs> you're itching to shoot a 106. We should do the quote again. <laughs> Sam, I haven't played in like that. two or three months, so it's been. Nah, dude, those are the best. There, so there was like a period where I didn't play for a long for time, sure. and then I came back, and then like the first round that I played, I played like out of my mind because I just had zero expectations. I just came in and was just swinging, and it was like one of the best rounds I had played. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> okay. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm in between drivers so at the moment. So oh, that's a good <laughs> <spot>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's amazing. That's great. Yeah. That's got to feel so good. Hey, that's what I may not even bring it I don't blame you, Jason. That's what, dude, that's what I've been rocking. Yeah, bring the 48. And it's one of, the, it's driver, one of those things where it's like, do I do I shoot like 50-50 <laughs> with my longer driver or do I take my 80-20 uh, like just in the sense that I'll hit it straight. I won't hit it very far, but at least it'll be straight. And I've just been vying with the straight. Um, so I need. Yeah. You guys should work <laughs> out together. <laughs> Figure it out together. Yeah. Yeah. You can oh, see, you can my see God. Well, the hardest. it'll be fun. And we'll obviously we'll announce the score and the winners because obviously Sam and I are going to beat you. So we can just brag about it here. So no, as I've long been... as we get like 10 shots. Perfect. Right? Uh, all right. Sounds good. Yeah. 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 Oh, right. sure. we'll, we'll figure that out. It's going to be close to 10 oh, shots. Man. I, Sam I and I are that. actually okay at golf, everybody. We're it's not the worst golf. I played, I played my mom on... Oh, hold on. I, I played my mom on Sunday. No, you put like, Sam... Before the round, I was like, I'll give you go seven ahead, shots. We did that last time, and that worked out. The seven shots were... They weren't even a factor. <laughs> <laughs> Gone. No, see, see, you two together as a golfer, like... A very solid goal. Well, yeah, because what will happen is if I hit a bad shot, then Sam automatically (laughs) hits a good shot. And then if he hits a bad one, then I'll save him. Um, Because, like, we have – obviously, we have that safety net of each other. So if he tops one, then it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to swing very easily, give us a nice shot, and we'll just keep moving. Yeah, and like yeah. you guys get to the green at two, in two shots, yeah, like, so, oh, uh, like oh, you guys are really good putters. God, uh, <laughs> hey, you know what it is? The secret it's the is nicest is thing I've said to you, Sam. Underrated. Yeah, Underrated. <laughs> Underrated. <laughs> Dude, I hey, so we, we should get a, a game lot of when we go camping. Going. So I, I feel confident. I feel confident in my croquet skills. Hey, what do you what do you guys think about a little Hassan Whiteside reunion it. in Sacramento? Love you feeling it. that? Sure. <laughs> I'm talking like, for like five high years five to for sure. Minimum. But <laughs> if we just need a body, oh. <laughs> I yeah, no thanks. I don't know if I'd leave my room for a while. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, Ben, yeah. thanks again for coming on. That's we're going to wrap this luck. up because we're getting to the close end of our uh, time limit. So thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you all next week. Thanks for coming on, Ben. Go Cane!